a choice right now, right now, between fear and love. It's just a rock. Out of the dark night of ignorance and into the shining light of truth. Expounding reality. A population of citizens capable of critical thinking. We don't see things as they are, we see them as we are. There's a, a level of reality where everything dissolves into an ocean of energy. We empower our experience by insisting on our authenticity. That's very profound. Very profound. Expanding, Expanding reality. Welcome to Expanding Reality. I am your host, Brandon Thomas. On this incredibly cool episode, guys, we have Brian Vecchio and Mark Malone from America 21 joining us to talk about the plan to withdraw from the lizard turd's desire of shitty global governments, also the focus on sovereignty and freedom, as well as the philosophy of fascism. Guys, this is an outstanding conversation. America 21 and all the ways to find these gentlemen and their awesome plan to change the world and withdraw uh, America from global governance is going to be located down in the show notes. Make sure that you guys check that thing out as well. While you guys are down there, check out expandingrealitypodcast.com. That's where links to all the socials and everything else can be found. While you're over there as well, sign up to become an expansive insider. That is the best way to support the show. That's where all the bonus conversations can be located as well. Also, while you guys are over there, if you would like, this is a value for value system. So if you find this valuable, there is a link in the show description that reads support the mission. And that is the best way to get involved. All right, guys. So let's get to this incredibly amazing conversation with Brian Vecchio and Mark Malone. Damn, that one like hit, right? Brian even was like, fuck, man, we're taking notes. We're taking notes, (laughs) gentlemen. I love it. Well, we're already rolling here. We're having a great time. Uh, Brian Vecchio and Mark Malone hanging out. We're going to talk America 21, and we're going to save America from global governance. Gentlemen, it's good to see you. Thank you for your time. How are you? Thanks, Brandon. Good to have you. Uh, good. I was, was going to say good to have you on. Like you know, it's my show. Well, what I've I already love, claimed your show, mate. Actually, what I what I love about this, and you and I just met five minutes ago, and we're already hitting it off here. We're already best friends. What I love yeah. about this idea, though, and what you said, it sounds Freudian, but I don't think it is. I think it's more accurate than anything because this is your show. We're we're all hanging out doing this together. I'm yeah. just a mirror to you. So this idea that we're all one. Actually, you've just unintentionally embrace the shit out of it right here for us all. So thank you very much. That was incredible. So we'll start with you, Mark Malone. For the folks that uh, don't know too much about you, man, if you don't mind, introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah. So uh, my background is I'm a philosopher, primarily uh, studied philosophy of science at Oxford a bit, didn't actually graduate, but did study um, member of the Oxford Philosophical Society. Um, worked in analytical science, data science, um, worked in academia, corporate world, but also was a touring musician for most of my adult life. I uh, toured in a metal band. Um, I was like, I started on the on trying to do the academic thing. I was like, this is a bunch of bullshit. I'm going to go sing in a metal band, which is what I did. But then I kind of came back to it. And especially as this sort of uh, world has gone the direction it's gone, I've gone even more into it as it's relevant for people that are on the side of the good, the true and the beautiful to be in that world because there's not much of it. Um, so, you know, for me, I started this organization primarily, uh, obviously to save America from global governance, to try to use the vehicles, the systems in place against those that are using it against us, you know, in a nutshell. Um, so I'm sure we'll get more into it, but, but that's basically the, the summary. 
Yeah, break it down from within. I love this idea, and I definitely want to talk to you about uh, spiritualism and money, uh, mm-hmm. and we're going to get to that uh, here in just a little bit. I've got it noted, but I could not agree with you more, man. Absolutely grateful that you're here. Brian, dude, you and I know each other. Actually, tell the folks how we know each other. Uh, I was just on with Micah Dank last night. We were talking about um, who we oh, know nice. each other, our mutual friend, mm-hmm. Arrest in Peace, and also we threw you a shout out there because you're an amazing guy. So just introduce oh. yourself for the audience, brother. Thank you, brother. Yeah, my name is Brian Vecchio. I've been an entrepreneur most of my life, uh, primarily in the cannabis space. And uh, within that, those years, 20 or so years, I kind of kept one foot in the conspiratorial UFO stuff, trying to figure out how the world works. And uh, it brought me to Jordan Maxwell about 20 years ago. And we stayed friends. And that's how we initially got connected. We got him on the radio show. And, um, you know, the last couple of years that he was staying with me, I started to get heavily involved in trying to figure out how I can be more active in the day-to-day things to help fight corruption and, and the, the kind of impeding doom that's coming around us in so many ways. You know, people have this feeling of helplessness and not knowing what to do. So I tried to figure out really the, the best course of action and the best use of our time and energy. And one of those projects was Mark Malone. And coincidentally, I got connected to him with his number being was supposed to be thrown out in the trash with Jordan. And luckily I saved it. And I said, no, it didn't have a name or anything. I said, let me call him and just make sure it's not somebody that we don't want to lose contact with. And then that's how we got in contact. So it was yeah, very uh, serendipitous. And uh, so, yeah. Um, and after getting connected with him and listening to his story and his approach and his structure to fighting really corruption and globalism and the one world government or this one world order that everyone calls. Um, he has, I think the best plan in play. And I still today, still today, haven't heard anybody that had had a better one. So that's why we're here. Well, I'm excited about it. Love your work. Love your website here. It's very in-depth. Of course, gentlemen, I'll be linking this and all the ways to find you any any other way that you would like as well. But I mean, a beautiful job and you guys have your hearts in this and you can tell, you know, you can really feel the passion in it. Just just speaking with you, like I said, Brian, we go back like four flats on a Cadillac here. And thank you again for what you did for uh, allowing uh, me the honor of having Mr. Maxwell on the show. That was, I'm so grateful. You're the reason it happened. So thank you again. Yeah, so of course. Yeah. I, I, I'm really curious um, about this America 21. So, Mark, do you want to tell us about this, man? Yeah, so probably helpful if we go back to March of 2020, just to kind of go through a little bit of chronology. Um, My son was born on March 12th, 2020, which was, there was a three-day window we saw the world change, which was March 11 to 13, right? 13 is where the lockdowns came in and, and all of that, but really began on March 11th. Uh, And my wife, who's a really good astrologer, would show this in the astrology that March 11th was the day the world changed. And that will never go back. Now, it could go better. Doesn't mean it's going to go necessarily worse, but it will never go back to before March 11, 2020. I say all that to say my son was born on the 12th. So he's got this new world order energy baked into the cake forever, which is an interesting experience. Um, But really, it's just a catalyst for change, change being good or bad, right? That's what that three-day window is. So as this is all happening around me, I have a background in much of the truth and material as well, as well as, of course, like these other disciplines. So when I saw that happening, I was like, this is, this is it. They're making their big play. Uh, we all knew that some, a day like that was going to come at some point. We didn't know what the justification would be, but we knew something like that was finally going to come. Because if you're going to obviously create a, 
a new order of the world, you must eventually go from the invisible to the visible, right? You, you must go from shadow into light at some point. And that was it. So I say all that to give a bit of background. Now, over the course of those few months throughout 2020, I noticed that what we were seeing wasn't a new plan. It was called the Great Reset. But the Great Reset actually just had all the same makings of Agenda 21. And then when I actually dug into what the Great Reset was, I realized, oh, it's just Agenda 2030, which is just Agenda 21. So I say all that to say that I began to see, oh, this is just the same thing they were rolling out, but on steroids. So then I realized, well, how would we hypothetically attack that if we were going to, right? Like, if, let's just say it's possible. We have to begin with the premise that it is possible to do. Uh, how would we put together the case? Uh, and actually, someone reached out to me from, I, I was on a mountain on the 29th of December, 2020 in uh, Arizona. And I actually called to God and I asked God directly, what is it that you want me to do with this knowledge? And God's voice spoke through me. You could call it the Holy Spirit. You could ask what I would call it, but you could call it the collective unconscious, uh, not unconscious, the infinite consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I think that that's just another uh, label for the same thing that we talk about when we say the Holy Spirit, which is that which is good in everything, right? So that essence spoke through me and it said to me, um, it's actually started. It will come to you very shortly. And then three days later, a, a member of the state government in Montana reached out to me and asked me, can you help with Agenda 2030? At that point, the rest is, is sort of history. I began on this um, crusade of trying to save America from global governance. And as we went through this process, everything began to happen organically and build really organically. I don't come from any wealth. I come from like single mother, from the projects. Uh, I've never known any political contacts, never known anyone of money. It's all been the same process of what happened to Brian, which is just this one plank at a time being put ahead of us, you know, like the number in the trash can. Uh, so all that to say, that's kind of where we built. But the primary objective here is, is to withdraw America from global governance. And that could be local, that could be state, could just be your county, but to hollow out as much territory as possible. So if the new world order actually was to be successful, which it might be, uh, we won't be in it. You know, I want to ask you about the philosophy of this in a minute, but something I was uh, a fact that I came across uh, was is that about roughly, and this isn't ubiquitous, but roughly about seventy percent of local elections go uncontested, which means that somebody is just signing up, they're just putting Jim's name on a ballot, and they're making decisions about you, which then trickle up. And it's you can look at that energetically. If you insert yourself energetically into that space, you're going to do good in your community because of your intent. And if you have such a range of opportunities locally to to you, it seems like that that is where the work is done. Now, Brian, would you have would you agree with that? I'm sorry, you had about two, um, like thirty seconds or so that was cutting out, and I was oh, wondering awesome. if it was me, but I didn't want to say anything. So. That's okay. Seventy percent of local elections go uncontested. What do you think about it? Yeah, yeah, it's probably say more. Do you think that more of an impact could be made if more people went and filled sp spots like that rather than just sitting back and complaining about who's in the White House? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting people in the right positions of power, knowing where the positions of power are held probably, you know, is, is important as well. 
Yeah, because when we say top down, I mean, that's true. But, you know, a perfectly good apple next to a spoiled apple will start to turn that way as well. But also there's an opposite reaction to everything now. I mean, in this case, of course, the apple wouldn't then get better and the mold go away and heal both of them. That's not kind of the point of this. But what I mean is, is that you can also then affect things from the bottom up. You can at least build a strong foundation for when the shit at the top, you know, which gets more and more ridiculous and we all see it. But everybody thinks that that's where it stops. Mark, Mm -hmm. what do you think about that? over your local community yeah i think that's critical uh you know the reality is is you could actually just run for mayor and we see a lot of truth type guys actually doing that now uh, i'm i just assumed brandon that your audience probably knows what agenda 21 is um but just like to do the recap essentially it turns local regions into satellite states of global governance so you could imagine that say you live i used to live in southern california it's where my son was born right so socal would be a, a district, would be a region. It's very Hunger Games-like, it districts. So in this case, you would have 11 regions of America by 2050. And these 11 regions would be just like these massive city areas, SoCal, NorCal, Washington, which is called Washington State, which is called Cascadia. And these would essentially have the pol- political jurisdiction of the United Nations, which is just a proxy for the Rockefeller Foundation and all of those people. Now, people might think that sounds crazy, but the European Union is already that. It's actually why the United Kingdom withdrew from the European Union, because Sweden, Germany, these are just states of a a nation that's now called the European Union, which has never been a nation. But yet the EU law is supreme over those nations. So they're just districts of the EU now. So this already exists. Now, it's not the version that we're going to see that's far more totalitarian, but I'm saying that the format already exists. So those districts, these regions, these cities will be satellite states of the United Nations. That's the core thing. Now, when, it take, when we take this political approach, what we're doing is kind of pulling the rope off the anchor, right? So you could imagine you have all these ships. So we're just saying, well, not our region, not our county, not our state. So we're pulling off the anchor and then our boat's going to float away from their shore. Then um, we do that enough times, we have a free country. But even if we only did it for half the country, that's still like the 10th biggest country on earth, even if the other half went into global governance. Um, and it, the most, obviously, power that you have to affect is, is local, which is why we, we always push it there. Sheriffs, mayors, city councils, because of the constitutional system, because of the wisdom of our founding fathers, um, we actually have the ability to reject almost all of it, be it from the United Nations or from the federal government per the Tenth Amendment. Yeah, and I love the, I love the idea of a world where you, instead of just sitting around and bitching about something that's happening that you can't control, you take action, and now you and your wife are making you know uh, candidate signs for you, and your your kids and stuff are putting this thing out, and you're being actionable. And I mean, think of the think of the impact you'd make rather than you know because your kids, and this is all you have to do as a parent. I'm not a parent, but I can I know how it affects people. And if you just step back and you think of how your kid watches you interact with anything, and I know this is challenging because you're under a microscope all the time, but in the political arena you may think it doesn't affect them but man the difference psychologically versus some energy of them seeing you yell at a tv which is then just going to make them yell at a tv and make their kids yell at a tv but nothing really happens and it keeps getting crazier and crazier versus you going you know what turn that tv off we're making canon uh signs for me and we're going out and we're actually making a difference we're going to actually turn this landfill into a garden for everybody and that's where you start affecting the change and this is to the tend your garden thing that i talk about constantly Instead of bitching about what's going on out there, change this. And then if you want to expand this and all your closets and garage are cleaned out and all that good stuff, then run for a local office and really change things on a clear local level for yourself. That's where you're going to see the most amount of impact. 
hundred percent. And then you'll see commerce follow this model as well, which is when the tide will really change. That that's an important aspect, which is covered in the thesis on the website. So if people go to the website, they click read thesis, it's like 14,000 words long and, and people can read that and see the ins and outs of what we're talking about. Cause obviously what we're talking about here is just super high level. Yeah. But I do want to point out that a big part of it is exactly what you said. I, I say, look, the sovereignty is necessary for freedom yes. because we can't have freedom if we don't have sovereignty, but we can't have sovereignty if we don't have self-sufficiency. So you throw this philosophical thread back, it all comes back to basically what you just said, which is how can we provide for ourselves and one another in our community? Now, the moment we're able to provide for ourselves, now we start to have sovereignty and then we have political sovereignty and then we have freedom and then we have freedom from the new world order. And it really does work that way. Um, For example, let's use an example with the vaccine passports. Uh, If I have, I have lots of, I mean, I live like on the edge of farm country, so I have loads of farmers around here. I never needed uh, the supermarkets for food, like actually needed. So therefore I never needed a vaccine passport, right? Because I have food. Uh, I can do other things. I can seek other things. So um, that's just one example of how sovereignty creates freedom, right? I have food from people that are not Bill Gates's factories that produce crickets. Therefore, you guys can keep your uh, social credit system because out here we, we, we have no need for it. My wife and I took a drive out to a farm uh, yesterday that she gets raw milk from, and we got to go see the cows and everything. It was so damn cool, man. And we just bought from them directly, and they there's nobody there. You know, there's camera and shit, but you just get the milk, put the money in the box, you know, smile, go pet some cows, and, and that's it. And it's this way. You know, the wife and I, again, we'll go to butchers. Uh, we have land out here. We grow a little bit. We're not 100% off grid yet, but uh, we're working our way towards that area. But yes, this is this sovereignty is what we're talking about here. So, um, Brian, what makes this so valuable to you, the concept of us breaking away from this system and really getting the word out to people about what's important? Really, I, I would say that it's not as much as important to me as vital to our success as living in a civilized and sovereign society. So for instance, like what Mark was saying, like, or what you were saying about milk, you have Amish farmers being raided by the federal government because of their practices and the things that they do. And so we're already starting to see kind of the end of sovereignty and the end of us being able to kind of govern ourselves and organize ourselves and have cooperatives and do things on our own and being outside of this corporate structure. Now, if this all goes to law and it starts to gain speed, Agenda 2030 will circumvent all those things and create these SOPs, these corporate SOPs that come down that everybody would have to abide by to, you know, in their standards. So we all know like the WHO, what they consider to be quote unquote healthy, that those are the guidelines that are going to be coming down in our daily lives and our, in our business dealings as well. So that's what it's not only important, it's vital for us to be able to keep our freedom. If we don't do this over time, it's going to become like Europe where they're, they govern over every single aspect of their lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but they have free healthcare and you only need six months with a broken arm to get it fixed. You know, but there they do it for yeah. free, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds enticing, right? Um, yeah. Uh, so I want to know about the five-year timeline that you guys talk about. What's what's that all about? Yeah. So if if, if you'll indulge me a second to just kind of uh, flesh this out, it, it'll Please. help make more sense. So referring back to Agenda 21 and the Great Reset being the same thing, the Great Reset is really the economic arm of global governance. 
I say global governance, not world governments. There is no evidence for a world government. It is a hypothesis. So you'll go onto Wikipedia and they'll say, well, government is just a conspiracy hypothesis. They're actually not lying to you. But what they're not telling you is that global governance is out in the open source and a fully fleshed out plan. Now, why that's important. And law. Yeah, and one of the, law. One yeah, of the things to mention on this cases. too is how they do this fuckery is uh, they change the verbiage as so you can't search it. So one of the great examples we've talked about on the show before is they changed UFO in official reports to UAP because, and that mm-hmm. was before anybody knew it was called unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, uh, and so then they were searching for UFOs, they couldn't find it. Well, everything was under UAPs, but it was right there in your in your face. But they just changed the way that it was searchable for you. So yeah, it's fuckery, man. Yeah, and and the, I I talk about this in the thesis too. Uh, the linguistic control. So for example, and I don't want to derail too much, we'll come back to the timeline and and that, but this is actually really relevant. Um, Linguistic control, for example, love. So love is now permit everything, no matter how bad it is. Love now means I should allow convicted pedophiles dressed up a certain way to dance around my children, which does happen in this country. I know that can be a bit of a quote right-wing trope, but it does happen. I've seen the evidence. So the point that I'm making is uh, love now means permit everything. When love used to mean linguistically, um, I want the best for you. That's what love means. If I love you, I want the best for you uh, and I want to help you. So I, that slight shift on love has changed a lot about how we perceive our culture, how I treat my neighbor. Um, so I think that it's really critical that the control of language and as it relates to world government versus global governance, it's extremely important um, because global governance doesn't require government specifically. When we look at 2020, we saw this. Who had more control over the politics of the country, Anthony Fauci or Trump? Well, yeah. Anthony Fauci, and he's not elected. So governance doesn't require elections. It doesn't require a constitutional system. Uh, and again, the European Union has a commission that makes the laws who's not elected already. So... This is why governance is important. BlackRock now have more power than, say, a state government. That's governance. They now model what the rules should be. Uh, and we can talk about that through like the social credit system, ESG. Um, so the five-year timeline is based upon what their actual milestones are. So, for example, Agenda 21 is the 21st century agenda for global governance. Right By 2050, we want a new world order. By 2030, we want most of the goals achieved, right? So we want most of this achieved by 2030. The first milestone year was 2020. Well, we saw how that turned out. The second one is 2025, the next one being 2030. Uh, So I think for many reasons, also including the return of Trump by January 2025, uh, I think it's going to be really difficult to get things done, especially with the scale and speed that everything is happening. The other problem is right now, we're seeing a lot of support in conservative areas that don't like globalism which I foresee will really slow down when Trump comes back in uh, because they're like, oh, our guy's back. We're, we're safe now. And whether Trump's on our side or not, isn't, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that the heart of the problem won't be solved. Um, so that combined with the carbon credit system and the social credit system and all of that, 2025 is pretty much our deadline to get most of this done. You know, it's a short timeline. How do you feel you're doing? Well, we're doing pretty well, but definitely not close to where we need to be. Um, it would be helpful, actually, to probably say a few things that we have done that have been quite major. Please. Uh, one of them was the rejection of the 30 by 30 executive order, which was um, Biden's conserving 30% of the land of America by 2030. That's been in Agenda 21 for decades, right? Break up 
break up the country, put them into the regions. So we rejected that in the state of Montana, and we've, we've been working through rejecting it in other states. That means that we can serve the land for the people, for ranchers, for farmers, for people that want to hunt, etc. cetera. Uh, we got the VAX bandit also in that state uh, for even private enforcement. So even private businesses couldn't enforce people. Um, and we will be banning the ESG social credit system in January. Legislation's been written now. Um, once that's done, we'll be able to replicate and scale across the country. Because the, the proof of concept, the first place, is the really difficult one. So it's like building an iPhone. Once you have one, you can scale and build a million. But it's getting that one that's the most difficult. So banning the social credit system will come in January. But we also have attorney generals like in places like Missouri uh, rejecting BlackRock and rejecting ESG and all the money that they're using to buy up things. Um, so we're seeing quite a lot of change. It's really positive. I think that perhaps the most important one was the state of Montana adopted an openly anti-New World Order policy. No, so so uh, parties have policy, right? And every four years, they basically get together. So the Republican and Democrat Party will get together and say, here's our policy. Now, of course, over the last say, who knows how many decades, there's been very little difference between the two. Most of the policies would be like, well, I'm free market and I'm not, but pretty much everything will stay the same. But this was interesting. I managed to get them to put into the policy that they are against any use of social credit system, social credit scores, that they're against the World Economic Forum, the United Nations in pursuit of any form of global governance. That is now the official party policy. Um, which is crazy because this is the kind of stuff that literally just two years ago would have been called conspiracy theory. We're now getting state governments to adopt it as policy. And that's because they see the damage that's been done. Ultimately, they're human. They're normal people, especially in some of these states. Many of them are farmers and stuff themselves, and uh, they don't want to lose America. So I'm very optimistic, but two years um, is a short time to get over the line for sure. Yeah. Well, you're doing a hell of a job, man. So congratulations. I'm grateful we've connected. Uh, and it, it does it does feel like you guys are ahead of the curve on a couple of things. So I think it's I think it's awesome. I think you should also work on slipping in things like um, you can't your robots can't eat our kids and um, <laughs> uh, you get money for laser beam infractions yeah. from UFOs because you you put in there a policy about a, uh, something horrific, some Philip K. Dick shit that's not even out yet. But it is in examples in other countries. But you're saying, hey, by the way, that shit you're doing over there go ahead and shut it down it's not going to make it past this border before it even reaches our soil so i think that yeah, this like is chem awesome. trailing you know that that would be one of the first ones we want to do after we start getting stuff done you know that's a good point can you do that state by state wouldn't they have to mm -hmm. admit it first yeah no no that most of them know what's going on yeah so uh, how would you go about that? Now, I, I don't mean to splinter too far on this. I know we're on kind of a time. Yeah, exactly. Just, just curious, just for that example, how, how have you done this then with the policies that you guys have done state by state and been so successful at rallying so many people? Well, um, the, the key thing here is uh, by reminding the people how the law actually works and how the government system in, in the United States actually works, which is unique. Each state essentially is a sovereign republic in this country. Right. So that's that's the purpose. The purpose is one union. The federal government is just supposed to like do the outer country stuff, facilitating trade with the rest of the world, borders and military basic stuff. Uh, the states really have per the Bill of Rights, per the 10th Amendment and per the 9th Amendment for us as individuals have all the rights. So this as long as the state isn't inhibiting your natural rights, as long as the state isn't inhibiting your right to religion, speech, guns, privacy, property, uh, the states can do what they want. 
So in this case, what it would be, it's kind of funny, kind of ironic, but it would be like a no-fly zone like Ukraine has. Yes. So the state would have to set up a version of that, mm -hmm. right? So the state would say yeah, uh, no-fly zone. Go ahead, Brian. The reason why this clicked really easy for me too, being in the cannabis industry, we did that 10th Amendment states' rights fight on, you know, saying, screw you to the federal government. We're going to be able to serve, you know, terminally ill patients in, the, in these hospices that we're seeing surviving with cannabis. We want to help them. And that's how we pushed the federal government out away from, you know, their jurisdiction of what they thought they had over the state. And so when his plan came up, it just made it was a no brainer for me. And so while everybody's sitting there complaining and focusing on the next president, oh, when Trump gets in, he's going to save us or Congress or whoever is going to solve this problem for us. Really, the power is in each one of our states. And all we have to do is talk to one or two people and they make it happen. You know, state uh, senator or the governor of your state, that's all you need to be able to. Brian, your face froze at a very unfortunate time. It looks good. It you looks look like you're having a happy ending after. Yeah, uh, yeah, you really did. Yeah, it, yeah it's. it's, it's it's actually making me feel a bit uncomfortable, to be honest. A little bit, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm I'll put a smiley face there in the video yeah. for this part yeah. until it catches up, because it's just a I'm, lag, and, I'm just and it'll switch catch the video up. There off. he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll put All a little right, Brian, smiley face on you for the video version of that. I think that yeah, was that, great. That was, uh, that was uncomfortable for everybody, but we're all good. We survived it. That's the point. <laughs> so so audio, uh, audio only audience, he uh, freeze, it, the video froze on Brian's face on a very O moment for him there. So check the link in the show notes so that you guys can check that out for sure. Looks very happy. <laughs> it, it, it looked great. And you were making a hell of a point. So I'm glad that you made it. But yes, you froze at a very un unfortunate point uh, or fortunate. A very for orgasmic point. Yeah, yeah, you could tell you were really into it. We're like, wow, you're just passionate. I could tell why Mark liked yeah, it. Yeah, you great. know, the stuff, uh, you know, really turns me on. Yeah, it, it'll happen. Uh, you should fill these nipples. I mean, I'm right there with you. All right, uh, so uh, let's talk about social engineering, because I know that that's a very big part of this. So what's going on with mm -hmm. that? Because it seems like the core, one of the core tenets of this idea. Yeah, I mean, that's the means of governance that we're looking at, right? You know, uh, we get caught up a lot in the labels, and sometimes that's not helpful. But sometimes it is important for us to know what, what the enemy, the animal that we're dealing with, the monster, I should say, because I actually like animals, the monster we're dealing with. And in this particular case, um, a lot of people say fascism, communism, and it, it's actually merging of all. So that's why everything is kind of like people are like, I don't know what's going on. It's because it's new. It's called technocracy. So in this particular case, uh, we're looking at the three systems. So there's only three political systems that have been created since the Enlightenment. So since the Enlightenment, we've got liberalism and capitalism. That's the same system. We've had uh, fascism and communism. That's it. Those are really the three systems. Well, what technocracy is, is the merging together of all three. So you have, in, you have elements of liberalism and capitalism, which is there's global capitalism will continue on, what we would call corporatism, and elements of liberalism will continue on. Um, things like, hey, you can go to get weed. Remember during lockdowns, you could get weed, but not seeds? Yeah. Well, because they, they were pretty happy for people to stay at home as long as they stayed at home, whether they were getting stoned or drunk, alcohol the same. So there'll be elements of liberalism like that still in there. And of course, fascism, the merging together of the public and private sector, that they become one unit. And then communism, of course, poverty for thee, but not for me. Um, so that's pretty much it. So technocracy basically is the science of social engineering brings together that as one system. And it basically says, we're going to govern you via social engineering, which will come through technology. And that's what social media is, but social credit system being the, the main pillar of that. 
Um, and they use various ways of doing this, various ways of incentives. It's primarily incentives. I, I speak a lot on um, shows that aren't as down the rabbit hole as, as yours. So sometimes a lot of the shows will question just like conspiracy theory more general. Might not be like, so I always try to say, think of it more social engineering and strategy and less about less like conspiracy. Yes. You you have people that that have an objective and therefore you you're an obstacle to that objective. That's all it is. Very straightforward. Um, and that's why they'll pit people against each other, even though they don't like either group. They don't like Ukraine or Russia, but Ukraine's the bigger, um, Russia's the bigger obstacle. So therefore, they make everyone hate Russia. But if Ukraine were the bigger obstacle, they'd make them hate Ukraine. It doesn't really matter. So the idea is just obstacle, put the pressure on, obstacle drops, we continue moving forward. And that's, that's how it goes. Um, that's why, you know, white people are now under attack. But once upon a time, that wasn't the case. And that's just the way it is. It's just they'll, they'll, they're Machiavellian, they're Nietzschean in the way that they look at power, which is, Power is what's important, and we'll just swing around whichever way it goes to get the power. Um, so technocracy, social engineering is, is fundamental to that, and it's all about incentives. You set up incentives. You know, For example, the beginning of lockdown, honestly, a lot of these shows, people ask me, how is it even possible to have global governance? How is it possible to pull off this type of project? And I say, well, pretty easily, actually. It's just yeah. through incentives. right? So for example, we saw at the beginning of COVID-19, pneumonia ventilator, $11,000, COVID ventilator, $40,000. Well, now you have set up an incentive of 300% additional money. <laughs> so of course, people are going to flow in the direction of the additional money. And there you go. You have your conspiracy set up now. Now suddenly all over the world, everyone's dying of COVID-19 on these ventilators simply because I have the ability to set the incentives. Uh, and when we understand it that way, this is a really freeing thing for us because once we understand it, we can reverse that. I reversed it in the state government in this, and it's like, well, your constituents are going to lose a lot of money and you're going to be out of a job. So now we've reversed the incentives. However, if you allow us to like actually dig for the energy in case the oil, which is abundant, which is not fossil fuels, it's part of the natural min minerals of earth, um, then you're going to have more money for the state. People are going to have cheaper fuel and energy for their homes. And we're also going to be able to separate ourselves from this new world order at the same time. So it's, the thing that I learned from reading Rockefeller's work and Spignu Brzezinski's work and Kissinger's work is uh, we can apply it for the good just as much as they apply it for the bad. Yeah, but what I love about your model, man, is that you you apply it in a way that it's it helps everyone, but it's everyone helping everyone. So it's everyone investing in the idea that we're all in this together. Again, you know, and you can get woo-woo with it. We'll drop into the rabbit hole for a second and say unity consciousness idea. This, you know, Bill Hicks has a wonderful quote of, you know, what's going to happen to the arms industry when they realize that we're all one, right? And so, but the way that, you know, you just described the incentivizing during the the whole COVID thing was uh, it's it's easy. It's not even a conspiracy. It's common sense it's just you looking at this going, oh, they offered a bunch of money for this. You've got the squeeze. You've got a populace of society that's constantly being bombarded that they should buy more, do more, look like this, remodel your home, invest a lot of money. And then they're like, oh, where am I going to come up with this? And then people live outside their means or credit shot, but it's all focused for you to do that. Uh, and then, you know, they get a big, you know, uh, break off of this. So it's a way for them to benefit themselves, which is why it's so rooted in all the nastiness. 
But your way, Mark, you guys, you and Brian in this America 21, your model for this is so altruistic because it encompasses everyone. You're like, hey, guys, this benefits everyone. This is the difference between the tide that raises all ships and just somebody out for themselves. You see a bigger swing. And then not only from this, you see a community formed out of this thing. That's what's so damn fascinating. So I'm so grateful that you guys are doing this, man. It's absolutely unbelievable. Now, look, yeah, yeah, Mark, Mark's the brains here. So just for the record, but <laughs> you're, you're both he, vitally he, important. He paints what he does is I'll, I'll tell you this. And, you know, just to show my love for Mark and Mark hates this, but he has shown so many structures and systems to help me make sense of my surroundings a little bit more than what, like, for instance, the normies of the world, the college educated people of the world that are, you know, somewhat smart, decent IQ, they don't listen to conspiratorial people because they don't believe that there's it's impossible for everybody to be in on this. When they keep saying that, you know, the government does this or they do that. It's not that it's not the whole government. It's not the whole this body or that body. It's what Mark said, these incentives, bringing them in. And that's how it makes it seem like, you know, the conspiracy starts, but it's still not even connected. And none of these people understand how it's connected. They're just going along with their lives, doing what they're doing, trying to make their money where they can. And they're in on the conspiracy. And it makes it seem like they're in on it when they're not really. And but they are. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, because they're passive, but they're passive for the right. You know, you can empathize, man, because we've all been there. Now, it's really hard. As this, yeah. this is difficult twofold. I mean, it's a difficult a millionfold once you get further down the line. But really, it's you admitting that you've been lied to. So you're in a level. There's an ego in this because you're like, fuck, you know, there's some pride in it. Like, how did I not see it before? Because it becomes so damn obvious. But if you can forgive yourself for that, because we all experience this, then you get to the level of you're like, well, shit, now every I'm out here on my own and I got to wake everybody up. But you're around a fuckload of people that don't want to be woken up, man. They're the ciphers in the matrix. They just want to be reinserted. They're happy with it. The things going on, it takes so much discipline to research and such an open mind and so much insight and critical thinking that you you can't ask the 80% of people who've been conditioned to be in this brainwave state to do any of that research. And so therefore, it's just so convoluted to them. They can't do it. They can tell you who started for the 49ers in 64 at center, but they can't yeah. tell you, you know, when the yeah, last time. Yeah, that's crazy. When we listen to our friends and all the endless uh, sports data that they have in their heads and they have no. It's like if that, you could memorize <laughs> your soil type and what, you know, grows sustainably in your area and how to rotate a quarter acre into crops as well as you can memorize baseball stats or something like that. You know what I mean? But this this is where I'd like to take this because I know we're on a we're on a time crunch here. So Mark, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Now let's get a little philosophical with it because this is what we love. We do in the what ifs. I don't plant my flag anywhere. Feel free to please speculate wildly. What do you think, you know, psychologically, philosophically is going on here when we zoom out and just look at it? Uh, yeah, so I think there's, I, I look at things as a multi-layered approach. Often people are actually saying the same thing at different layers of analysis. Um, so for example, let's try to think of it in, in this uh, incentives when it begins as an incentive. So in this case, we have, let's say I have a, an option to do a thing because I'm going to get one or two things. The incentives are only ever really two, uh, money or adoration, popularity. Um, people really cannot stand being ostracized from the group. That's the thing people struggle with the most. That's why people have four boosters. People say, why do you keep going along with it? Ostracization from the group, exile, is worse than death. It used to be in the Soviet Union, 
instead of a concentration camp exile. That's how bad it is. So um, when it comes to sympathy, uh, I do try to, to have that with people because I understand that that ostracization from the group is extremely painful. Um, we have to remember that. So that's why they're going along. That's the incentive. Now, all up to this point, you have that at one layer, which is just purely instinctive, purely instinctive in terms of survival. Uh, and then you could bring in another layer where you have these cultural programs that are in the subconscious mind. You could bring in uh, a, a Adler or a Freudian aspect where in the back of my mind, I've seen a billboard 20 different times that this woman looks this way. Therefore, that must be right. And this group want me to look that way. Right. So you have another layer, a psychological one. And then you might have a Jungian layer and above to that, which is a collective unconscious one, which is that actually in this kind of we are birthed into a sea of genetic and perhaps uh, spiritual memories and biases and fears, which we have carried through the ages. Uh, and that's another layer. And then we have the actual spiritual layer where there is indeed entities which I would call demons and ones that I would call angels that operate based on influence and based upon what you're drawing in. What are you drawing in into your life? Are you drawing in light or dark? Because whatever you're drawing in is going to have that influence when crunch time comes. When time comes to act, when time comes to respond to fear, based upon all those trails we went through, you're either going to draw in more of one or more of the other. Uh, so in this particular case, you then have that spiritual layer all the way to the source, the source being God, you know? So I think we, I look at it as multiple layers and most people are obviously just operating on that very first one, but all the others are going on at the same time, whether they're aware of it or not, you know? And um, that's important for us to bear in mind when we switch the incentives, many of that 80% will go towards us as well. That's the benefit. It can go towards the good as well. What do you think about the concept that we're in a simulation and those NPCs and that basically they're being inhabited by spiritual people and that's what the Great Awakening is? It's that they're literally physical people that were walking around here that were just on autopilot simulating a herd mentality. And that kind of, you know, that kind of in my mind makes so much more sense because it's like, how are you just so dumb and don't see it? It's like, well, they're on a on a program. They're tuned to a station, you know what I mean? In their mind and like they live and it's just receiving this information. And so it's just this autopilot. They're just controlled by the system. So what's going on with that? Well, in, in a sense, there is a there is a frequency that is controlling people. Uh, and we would call that frequency satanic, or we would call that frequency something. That's what I would call it. But whatever that frequency is, uh, you could look at it as that everything that is real, true, good, and beautiful is is the frequency of God. Uh, and then everything that is outside of that is the frequency of deception, which we would call, this is why Lucifer is called like the deceiver. Again, all these different names, same thing. Point is, is you have frequency of truth, frequency of deception, and everything that's not in the frequency of truth isn't actually real. It's only in your head. The point is, is that there's no deception in the trees or in the animals or in the sky or in the mountains or in the oceans. It's all inside of us, inside of our minds. And then we play out that deception, but there is no lie in nature. There is no lie in, in the actual creation from our creator. We have the power to make them in our head. So I say all that to say that in that frequency that exists in our minds, there is a very real possibility that it is indeed being uh, connected or tuned in by something or someone. Um, but I don't believe that it, we are born that way. I believe that we're born as all people of, with the divine spark within us. But I do think that we get tuned into it throughout our experience. 
Gotcha. Yeah, it's a little, it's a tricky conversation to have because it's like, okay, so now you're saying that people aren't people and then you kind of get to this immature level where you're like, well, I can just go and Grand Theft Auto everything and then just be fine. It's like, calm down. Okay. There's yeah. a bit of a spiritual maturity and emotional maturity here. We got to, yeah. we got to check first. I need an IQ test before we have this conversation, right? Well, uh, Brian, I want to know, man, what gets you out of bed in the morning besides that sweet, sweet jazz cabbage, man? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I, I would say I spend over well, I mean, majority of my day, you know, battling these things, trying to find out how to bring in different groups of people that specialize in things uh, together to make them stronger. So, for instance, the, the order that I co-founded with Jordan, we focus on three pillars of uh, societal sovereignty, which is Mark comes in. Right. So that's where greater group stuff, making sure we all maintain order amongst ourselves in a, uh, in a productive way and a, a wealthful way. And then individual sovereignty where we deal with, uh, you know, it, each individual uh, uh, affairs and their family affairs, um, you know, whether it be their, their trust accounts or assets and how they interact with the world. And then esoteric finance, which is my favorite part now, which is understanding the banking system and how we can, uh, I guess, have a seat at the table. I won't say a lot right now because it's a lot in the making, but um, it, it's working to help support us in the future so they can't bankrupt the nation and bankrupt us in the future. And we're going to be educating people of all these things that we're bringing forth and all these different experts and and teachers. So that's, that's what I focus on, just kind of wrangling in all the right people to the group to, to make it, you know, solid and make sense. Yeah, I love it. And we didn't even really get to the um, spiritualism and money, but I think it's a psyop. Just to kind of summarize here, I think it's a psyop that you shouldn't be spiritual and be, you know, rich or whatever. Have the have the energetic means here to affect a massive amount of change in the physical reality, and that's what money does. And I think that people have been led astray to think that it's evil and to think that it's horrible, even though your thought about it is actually why that there's a controlling interest in these people who do horrific things to children, to our planet, to everything. And so if if that mindset changes, I think that a lot of good could be done. And that's kind of my take on that. I would like to just add something to that Brian, um, uh, that Brian said and that uh, you were just saying there, Brandon, because it actually plays to the bigger point of what we've just been talking about the whole time, which is if you leave a vacuum open, the vacuum doesn't disappear. Actually, it gets filled more by the monster that we are fighting. And that, that that's, this is the, the primary thing that gets levied at me. People say, uh, you're awake. Why, why are you involved in politics? And I, that's why I explained to them. I say, look, I'm not talking about Washington, D.C. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to go into D.C. and say I can change it, right? That's obvious. But at, at the state and local levels, it's a vacuum. And the reason it's been filled by our enemy is because we abandoned it because yes. we went to look at sports and <laughs> all these things that we talked about. We left it. They consumed it. Now, it applies very much to money, too. Uh, if, if we and it applies to academia and everything, if we take ourselves out and we say we don't we don't need any money, then we can't affect as much change. And that applies also to if we take ourselves out of the sciences and out of law. Right. We, we actually need more of our guys and gals in these things, not less, because otherwise the enemy takes all of that space. Yeah, it's the idea that you you just need to work on this local level. And that's why I find you so legit is because you're not you don't have the hubris to go be like, we're going to take we're going to wheel guillotines down, you know, um, <laughs> the capital and, and do this thing. Right. It, it's just, you know, there's there's a, a, a it won't it, work. That's the- right there. Well, it, it, it 
You know, right. I agree with you that it won't work. Um, and there's this though level of maturity that you that you gentlemen are at with this that I really respect, man. And I absolutely adore again that we've connected, brothers. I, I just find this so fascinating, and I'm definitely going to have you back on because we're going to need to get updated uh, in any way to be actionable is something that we're very interested in here. We know this is a participatory universe, so I'm going to be linking all of the ways to find you guys. I wanted to leave you on one quick thing, and I'm just going to give you gentlemen the last word on this. Just an idea, a thought, and it's something I've been thinking about lately. I wanted to uh, bounce off of y'all. So I've been zooming out with this idea that this is an energetic system, that uh, your energy is what's really in, up for grabs in an exchange here, your soul, your spirit, or your chi, or your prana, whatever you want to call it. And the things out there, especially the things like Agenda 2030 and the things meant to scare the shit out of you are just that. They're just haunted house attractions. They're meant to scare the shit out of you. Perhaps they happen, perhaps they don't. But what the real thing I think is, is the foreplay. You know, it's the energy getting up to it and everybody pouring their worry and their woes and everything into it. So the point I'm making here, one of the things I've been doing is I've been taking about five to 15 minutes a day, not a huge commitment. Uh, you can do this while you're taking a shit if you'd like. And you basically just close your <laughs> eyes or just sit there or however you want to do it. And basically you project op open heart that all of the things in this reality are on their highest timeline and that you wish them consciousness and you wish that they would just get it and wake up and understand. It's not a delusional, wishful thinking kind of thing. It's a real sincere, you see all of these people, lizard, turd or not, as babies at one time and that they all had moms and they all stubbed their little knee. You know, even Klaus Schwab, his little, he got a little boo-boo and you know that he was, you know, given Wiener Schnitzel or chocolate or something like that and then a scrotum shaving to help his woes. But, you you know, it's, it's, it's this idea of just sending good out, you know, yes, being actionable and yes, tending our garden, yes, doing all of the things that we've discussed here today. And again, I can't appreciate what you're doing enough, but also perhaps there is an intent element to this that we can control. And maybe you're sitting down for five minutes a day and just going, you know what, at least I'm just going to shut off my worry about it and put good energy into it and heartfelt consciousness spreading energy into it. What do you guys think of that? Uh, Brian, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah, I, I believe, you know, love can be measured. Fear can be measured. We already know this, right? The, the actual frequency itself is, what is it? 528 hertz, uh, something like that. And, you know, the elite have known this for a long time. And that's actually how they have centers around the world that measure this. And that's when they know when to push harder or to back off. They know when the tipping point of people are about to lose it. And so they, that's how they kind of measure things. So I know that's there in the scientific, you know, explanation of it. So it would make, it would only make sense that if you could have those thoughts, you know, being optimistic and being positive, of course, is a very powerful thing. It's a very important thing. It's important for the health of your body and the well-being of everybody. And um, we need it more today than ever. I mean, because when you look out in the world, it, it's very it's not hopeful when you have conversations with most people. So that's why we do the work we do, stick our head down and we feel like we have the best solutions to get this done and then, you know, keep on trucking. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an important, it's a really important point uh, not to get pulled into despair or into fear. The re there's many reasons for this one, because the world does somewhat shape up based upon your intention. Um, and that really is true. And intention being different to thought, right? Like if, once we start to intend something to be away, um, even if we, even if it isn't a call and response 
from something spiritual just by the nature of planting that seed in ourselves, in our subconscious. We begin then, Carl Jung said, you know, uh, many people will play out unconscious uh, behaviors and call it fate. So over time, we will start to play that out. So that's one aspect. Uh, but also we have to remember that ultimately uh, this, is, this is actually a gift that we have been given, which is we get to be the people that stand against the most horrific, psychopathic, satanic, powerful people that humanity has ever faced. And we get to be the people in this time to push that back. That's a gift. We should be really grateful for that. That is something that most people will never have in their lifetimes that we've been given. And what greater honor or privilege could we have than to be the people that get to do that? And that's what keeps me going every day. Um, even if sometimes I do worry about cyber attacks, which we get sometimes, or the CIA knocking on the door, um, I have to remember that ultimately it's, it's all a gift. Mark Malone, Brian Vecchio. This has been incredible. Gentlemen, you're invited any damn time you want. Uh, America21century.com and all of the ways to find you guys will be located down in the show notes, you guys. Take a look, check it out, get behind the movement, get involved. Again, this is a participatory universe. Go tend that garden, goddammit. Please go tend your garden. All right, gentlemen, thank you again. This has been incredible. Thanks, Brandon. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, brother. Massive shout out and thank yous going to Brian Vecchio and Mark Malone for coming by and freeing us with empowering information from the lizard turd's desire of shitty global governance, which none of us want. Boo. So check the show notes down there for America 21, guys. That is a wonderful way to be actionable in tending your garden and be empowered with information. They have tons of information that you're just going to be so confident in the learning of. So definitely check that out located in the show notes. In the very same show notes as all of our resource links are incredible. So make sure that you guys check that out. They are all there to support you. As well, in this very same show description, uh, you can find also expandingrealitypodcast.com. That is our central mothership. That's our hub. So definitely check that thing out and get signed up with just a free login. There's just a way to go over there and say, hey, yeah, yeah, we support what you're doing. And that's a wonderful way. Also, if you do want to support, you really want to step your game up here, sign up to become an expansive insider. That's where all the bonus stuff is. You get a bunch of really cool conversations that don't go anywhere else. They're all located exactly there. That premium content isn't on Rockfin or anything else. It's only right there. That is a wonderful way to support the show. Also, uh, and finally, this is a value for value model. So if you find it valuable, please support with support the mission. That is a link located down there as well. All right, guys, go out into this incredibly beautiful, mysterious place, whatever the hell this thing is, and down with the lizard turds and global governance. No, thank you. Also, uh, be nice to everybody that you come across. Buy somebody in line a coffee or a meal around you to really step your game up. Uh, If nothing else, get out of the left-hand lane if you've got somebody behind you wanting to pass. And, of course, above all and anything else, guys, go out into this mysteriously amazing and beautiful and wonderful, crazy-ass place, whatever the hell this thing is. And y'all just be good to one another. Thank you so much for listening, for watching, for engaging, and just being the coolest sons of bitches ever. We'll see you next time.